Today's reading is from Amos 7, lines 7 to 17. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, See, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from the following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people of Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel, and do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Your wife shall become a prostitute in the city, and your sons and your daughters shall fall by the sword, and your land shall be parceled out by lines. You, yourself, shall die in an unclean land, and Israel shall surely go into exile away from its land. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Liesl, for reading that uh, from the Hebrew Scriptures. There is a, a whole list of prophets in the Hebrew Scriptures who God used over the years and continues to use. There's a tradition of prophets who served a vital role in God's purpose. Abraham Joshua Heschel, one of the great theologians of the 20th century, said prophets have this role. They remind the king that there was a limit to his power. Prophets always reminded the kings of Israel that their sovereignty only went so far and that there was a higher law a higher expectation, a higher accountability, and that is to the living God of all people. A prophet in the Hebrew Scriptures and for the last 2,000 years of Christianity, a prophet 
often was the voice serving as the conscience of the state, the conscience of the empire, the conscience that spoke truth to power. It was often and still is the prophets who remind the people in power that they're not all that. They remind the people in power that we can do better than this. And they remind governments of every nation that tribalism has its limits. Nationalism has its limits. That God's grace and God's love is always calling us to a broader understanding of how to live in this world. And it transcends nationality. And it transcends our tribe. And that often gets prophets in trouble. Amos stands in that tradition. Amos who said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, was calling King Jeroboam to a better way. Saying to King Jeroboam, you're not all that. And you need to care for the marginalized, not just the people with power. You need to care for the least of these in the kingdom of Israel. In fact, Amos was saying to King Jeroboam, God loves all people, not just religious people, not just people who have power, but God loves the downtrodden, the marginalized, especially the widows, the orphans, those who are supposedly unclean, those who are on the outside. And that got Amos into some degree of trouble. In the passage, he says, look, I'm not a professional prophet. I wasn't born into a prophetic line. Truth be told, there are no professional prophets because no one will pay for them. So Amos writes that God shows up with a plumb line. Now wherever you are on the planet, if you hook this plumb line up to something, sooner or later, it will point directly to the center of the earth. Because that's how gravity works. And builders in every age would use a plumb line when they would build a wall or a building or a tower so that they could see what was plumb and what ultimately would be the best way to build so that the foundation could support the rest of the building. And the Lord stood there looking at Amos, holding a plumb line saying measure everything you do by the law and love of God 
Don't measure it by what King Jeroboam is measuring stick is. Don't measure it with power. Don't measure it with influence. Measure it with the law and love of God. And when you do that, everything else will fall into place. Now this particular plumb line belongs to Ben Ostrom. Where's Ben? There you are, Ben. Thank you for loaning this to us today. I, understood, I, was, I was working on that team uh, earlier in the week, and I understood that you were going to use this to hang the door, yes. the screen door. Did you use this? Yes. All right. And did the door hang plumb? Was it opening yes. and closing? Okay, so plumb line takes some work. Leveling is a little bit easier. This one, uh, this one belongs to you, Dave, right? Is this one yours? I think I was on a site with you when we were building the ramp, and there were some really high-tech, smart people there. I was not among them. I mean, I was among them, but I wasn't one of them. And, and so my job, as they were putting in this 100-foot ramp, they would say, Jeff, is it level? <laughs> that was my job. Yeah, I can see the bubbles right in the middle. Can, if you haven't seen one of these, there's a bubble right there, and you can tell if it's off or not. You can do it this way. You can do it this way. I think there were some sites, uh, Jackie Bruno and John Palma's team. So who is in that team? Okay, so the Tuesday that I was at your team we were setting up four foundation stones for a deck that would hold some stairs. And we must have used this, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 times that day. And then we would rethink the plan and realize we needed to reconfigure the platform and the four-by-fours. And we were measuring this way and we were measuring this way. And as frustrating as that was in moments where we had to reconfigure and replan, it benefited later in the week because I understand now that there's a platform about, it's about that high? Four feet. Four, four feet and stairs. How many stairs did you put in? Six, Six stairs. Uh, if we hadn't done the measuring first, those stairs probably would be a little cockeyed. So the metaphor that God uses is measure it first. Make sure you're standing firmly on the law and love of God before building anything else. This may be a metaphor for us. And rise may be a metaphor for us. I want to invite the rise team and anyone affiliated with rise this week, this past week, to come up and stand here, because I'm going to give you a chance to, those who wish, to reflect on a question. Before we do that, as they're coming, I just want to invite us to think about, especially those who haven't been to Rise, first of all, consider going. It'll, It'll be a wonderful experience. But second of all, Rise is just a metaphor in this regard for something that keeps us grounded, that keeps us focused. And that something is serving someone. Serving someone. We all have the ability to serve someone. We all have the ability to do that every day of every week. We don't have to do fundraisers to do that. We don't have to have a whole team to do that. 
Each one of us can do something that serves someone else. You may already be doing that in your workplace or in your career or vocation or in your neighborhood. But when we do that, we are in the flow of God's love. And so I want to invite any who wish to share on any one of these questions. Where did you see love given or received? Where did you see kindness or goodness given or received? Or where did you just feel like in this moment we are doing something good? We are in the flow of God's love. We are in the flow of something right. So any who wish to step up to the mic and share that, I invite you to do so. You don't all have but uh, feel free to share some reflections on that. Yeah, go ahead, Elizabeth. I was on Team 3 with Karen and Rob Bob Lyon, and our homeowner's name was Sheldon. We were building him a deck and just kind of a bunch of random, like, beautification kind of things. And um, uh, one of his friends would come by frequently. Um, his name was Butch, and he said that he had never seen Sheldon smile as much as he had that week, and that was kind of when I realized that, like, we were doing something good, you know? Uh, on uh, my site uh, for uh, Team 4, a.k.a. Uh, ben and Shelly's Jelly Bellies, <laughs> um, our homeowner, um, Edwin, he'd always come out on the porch to see us, and he didn't really say much, but on the last day, this uh, old man in his mid-80s, he, loved to, he lived alone and he loved to make puzzles. And all he wanted us to do on the last day was to make a puzzle with him and to finish up a thousand-piece puzzle that he had at, I think it was like 4.30 or something at night, and we said, no, we have to go. But he uh, may have not shown it in any other ways, but he really enjoyed us being there, and I think he really had uh, love for us in that. I was on Chatham Team 2 with Jackie Bruno and John Palmer, a.k.a. Sauerkraut Sisters. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> um, and we introduced our homeowner's name was Marion, and we introduced her to her neighbor of one year, who she had never talked to before. Um, he had come. Sheldon was his name, and he had come out of his his home and saw us working, and came over here and scared the crap out of us. <laughs> Said, "This is not going to work. This is not up to code." He was just kidding. He was pulling our leg, but John had a mini heart attack. <laughs> um, and so we, we got talking with him, and then Marion came out of her house. So we introduced her to her neighbor of one year who had never talked to each other before. So that was God in our work site. Uh, so I'm on team, I was on team four, Ben and Shelly's Jelly Bellies, as Aaron said. And uh, I really saw God when, when we were leaving. Uh, our homeowner, Edwin, was just so happy. It's so sad to see us leave. And it was just, it was a beautiful moment to see how happy he was with us. It was just, it was so great. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I see the act of kindness. I, I get, my, Becky and I are involved with Rise Beyond. First of all, this church, for those of you who don't know, 
Rise is bigger than just this church. Started in this church, obviously, we should be happy and proud. And, and I don't know if pride's supposed to be said in church, but you should be proud. Um, God would be proud because it started in this church. But it's beyond that. There's a lot of churches, and I see a lot of different things every week. But what I was very, uh, where I saw the act of kindness here is in the stories you saw, whether it was Sheldon, uh, whether it was friends of Sheldon, and ironically, Sheldon's friend, Butch's girlfriend, Sally, cooked for Rise a few years earlier. So there's a connectivity where you just see God's circular love. Um, Where I really uh, keeps me going for Rise is when I hear youth say the things and do the things they do out of their uh, environment and um, it's tough sometimes and it's frustrating sometimes and uh, it can be challenging many times yet they all come back with a nugget of God's love and understanding of what we have and what gifts we possess and the empathy of what others don't have and that just giving of oneself can make um, God's light shine across all of, of, of the people you touch. And so that's where I saw it is in every single one of these youths sacrifice of what they did, of having fun and giving so. So uh, that was my witness of God this week. I'm just going to capitalize on a little something that Aaron said the last night of Rise when he was talking about his homeowner's love of puzzle pieces. And he said all the pieces were different, but they all came together in the end to make a beautiful picture. And these are all a bunch of puzzle pieces with different talents and abilities. And they made a beautiful picture this week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and I'd I'd also like to add that that it was not only the pieces of the puzzle, but the, the joy that each person brought to the teens and the contributions that everybody made it was just incredible and it really gave a lot of motivation to everybody else so it was um, got all the projects completed etc one thing to add about our particular project was you know we were making a screen door and also when we were leaving um, I noticed that the, the homeowner we had we had set the bench that we built here um, at the end right by the screen door and before we started the project, the, the homeowner, the, the, the puzzle man, if you will, um, would, would, was in the back, and he, would, he loved to just listen to the, the sound of different trucks or cars coming down the road, and he would, let, he would try to guess what they, you know, who they were. Is this the postman, the garbage man, or you know, somebody bringing logs? And um, what, what we noticed was that when we, we pulled out, he was sitting on our bench, close now to the road and he could see everything and he just waved goodbye to us and it was such a nice uh, you know ending moment so it's very good so thanks again to everybody um <clears throat> i was on the sauerkraut sisters <laughs> and towards the end of our project our homeowner marion was like really thankful and like appreciative that she gave one of our team members Alyssa, who's sadly not here she gave her a watch um, and like to show me how appreciative our homer was, and it was like an action of God manifested through her. Anybody else want to share? 
after the service, seek those folks out and ask them, what, what else? What else? Because we have a need to tell that story. Um, I just want to speak briefly about a word that Ben used, and that was the word joy. How many of you experienced even one moment of joy on your work team? Okay. Thank you. So God delights in opportunities that bring us joy. God has created each one of us to experience joy. And the plumb line of rise, the plumb line of service, the plumb line of caring for someone else may be what brings us joy. I close with this. Betty Ann Keat, who oversees our library, put a book out recently called The Book of Joy, written by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. Have any of you read that? Okay, good. Here's something that may be pointing us, may be a plumb line that says, measure everything by these three standards. They write, three factors that seem to have the greatest influence on creating our happiness. One, the ability to reframe our situation more positively. What you did for homeowners was to reframe their situation more positively. If they didn't have hope, if they felt left behind, if they felt left out, your presence said otherwise and helped reframe what's possible. Two, the ability to experience gratitude. Did we not just hear people talk about how moved they were by the expressions of gratitude given and received through service? Three, our choice to be kind and generous. When we choose to be kind and generous, when we choose to experience gratitude, when we choose to reframe a situation more positively, we have a better chance of experiencing joy. May it be so for you and for me and for the people whose homes we worked on at RISE and for their neighbors and for their whole regions and for regions throughout the world who are looking for hope, looking for love. Amen. Thank you all. Can we give them a round of applause?